fightthethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Long Term Memory. My name is Jack. And uh, my name's Colin, but after 25-odd episodes or so, I'm sure you know our names by now, but no doubt we'll continue to tell them each week. Jack, how's you? Yeah, I am good, man. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. Uh, looking forward to this week's show. It's, it's it's a good one. You'll be hearing it in the next couple of minutes, but we thought we would just tack some of our usual sort of housekeeping and uh, calls to action onto the start of the podcast because jack you know you know better than md we see the mi we see the analytics people switch off at the end and don't listen to us doing this and it is pretty important isn't it yeah it's pretty important i do look and people listen to about 90 percent of the podcast and then just turn it off at the end and that is totally understandable we all do the same thing so we're just sort of sticking it in here at the beginning the usual guff about leaving reviews five-star ratings, all that sort of stuff really does help us get discovered, basically head up the charts where people will be scrolling down and they might take, oh, I've not seen that before, and give us a little click, and it makes a massive difference to our listening figures and our enjoyment because we are comment whores, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does make a difference, especially in that iTunes algorithm anyway. We've had 118 reviews or so last time I checked, and that means we do feature on the front page of iTunes fairly regularly, and that does bring eyes to the pod and lets the audience grow and lets our voices go out to more people, which is, is what we want. So you can play your part in helping us with that by, like Jack says, leaving a review. Um, leaving a comment on the review is even better and also just telling your friends about the podcast um, it's free to listen to obviously um, they can get involved, uh, just search for Wrong Term Memory on their podcast and it will pop up Yeah we do this we do this for fun basically and we have never made a penny from this and this is going to sound a little bit oh woe us but it's actually costing us money to make the pods with editing and having to buy new equipment and stuff like that so what we're doing is we're asking you to go on to wrongtermmemory.com and if you scroll down to the bottom, there's going to be a couple of buttons in the website footer, basically, Colin, so there is. Yeah, there is. Um, listen, um, you've got the option to leave a donation if you enjoy what you're listening to, um, if you've enjoyed the content and hopefully going to enjoy future content and you want to support the pod. One of the ways you can do that is by going to the website and looking at those two donate buttons. There's one for PayPal and there's one for buymeacoffee.com or you can just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash wrong term memory and give us a pound, give us two pounds, just be the equivalent of buying us a beer or buying us a coffee. Um, we both got full-term jobs. This this isn't what this is all about, but we would like to try and get some new equipment, some new microphones, um, some new stuff software-wise, just to improve some of the editing and the sound and hopefully do more effects and more stuff like that. Um, we've got stuff we want to do to try and make it sound better and improve it. Unfortunately, these things are expensive and we've got other bills to pay, so... We don't expect anything whatsoever. However, if you do want to donate, the option's there for you, but no pressure whatsoever. The pods will continue regardless. Yeah, if you can spare a, a couple of quid, it would mean a hell of a lot. And now that people have been turning off at the end of podcasts, they're now just clicking the skip 30 seconds button until they hear the tune. Hello, welcome to part three of our deep dive into fallacies. 
Um, you've stayed with us this long, and the good stuff is about to start now because we're moving on to informal fallacies. Um, Jack, uh, Alex is with us as well, but why don't you give us the a little bit of insight into what informal fallacies are? How would you define one of those? I'm going to try. I'm just going to read this from Wikipedia. Informal fallacies are arguments that are logically unsound and lack well-grounded premises. Basically, now these are the ones that you will see online in papers from politicians all the time, and they are a little bit easier to explain than the last couple of shows where we sort of fumbled our way through. But if you're if you're still here, kudos to you and welcome back, Alex. We're going to Thank you. jump straight in with uh, argument to moderation, basically false compromise, reaching a middle ground, basically assuming that a compromise between two positions is always correct. So one person saying that the sky is blue, another claims that the sky is in fact yellow, so they come to the conclusion that the sky is <laughs> green. A middle yes. ground, don't get me wrong, there will be arguments where a middle ground is fine, but when there's is this when there's two real contrasting or is one the truth and one a lie here the, um, the two end points and then you meet in the middle not necessarily but right. uh, you know it doesn't have to be that that one's correct one's wrong and then you meet in the middle um it's just the it's just the notion that the compromise must be correct you know because we've got these two differing completely probably opposite ends of the spectrum spectrum being useful here with colours but um, the opposite ends of the spectrum but it must be because these two people have exactly their opinions have exactly the same weight so it must be the case that the the kind of compromise is correct Um, now this one probably doesn't happen as often these days Uh, I don't know if you guys agree but um, we've got far more information to, you know, to call on at all times for just about anything. So, you know, that in that case, people don't really don't really moderate anymore, do they? Uh, people don't compromise much now when it comes to arguments. Have uh, you seen Twitter? <laughs> you know, exactly right. You've got your two, you've got your two camps, and and nobody really ever. Uh, they'll never meet in the middle anymore. Um, but it's just a kind of assumption, and, and we do it actually. We kind of do it with with a lot of this. Um, we will say quite often, oh, that person believes this, this person believes that. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. You'll hear that a lot, right? But that's not always the case. That's not true. And it's something that can be that can be a little bit dangerous if you think about it from a legal perspective, you know? Say it was one person's word against the other in a, in a, in a case. Um, and you might be sitting there just thinking, well, it's probably somewhere in the middle, isn't it? It's probably, you know, you hear that probably lot, both yeah. yeah, you would hear that. But that's actually, you know, that's a kind of, that's a fallacy. That's a dangerous argument. It's very, very probable, very possible, in fact, or, you know, very possible, sorry, very probable that somebody's telling the truth, the other person's completely misremembering. Uh, but if you just decide, well, I'm going to kind of go in the middle here and assume that to be the truth, that's, that's a mistake. See, this is when I can sort of, this is when, Arguing opinions and arguing facts is obviously very, very different. So, yeah. like, if you go to a car showroom and the guy says, "Look, brand new Merc here, thirty grand," and then I go, "It's only worth a pound." So we'll meet <laughs> in the middle. Fucking nonsense, you know. And it's the same where there's a fact, and then people will use the term. We spoke about this on our podcast. I'm entitled to my opinion. 
when you're arguing against fact and scientific fact, etc., then this probably this is when this is more highlighted. It's different, I think, when you're sort of arguing an, an opinion, you can maybe sort of come to a middle ground. Again, a lot of people don't back down now online. So no. um it does it does happen, but it's maybe not as common as the next one, Colin, we kind of maybe hinted towards this um, when you were talking about um, praying, basically, maybe. So this is the divine fallacy. Um, an argument for incredulity uh, involves arguing for a conclusion on the grounds that it's unimaginable for it not to be true. Um, so I cannot imagine how P could be true. Therefore, P must be false. Um Basically, arguments from incredulity can sometimes arise from inappropriate emotional involvement, the conflation of fantasy and reality, a lack of understanding, or an instinctive gut reaction. Um, So an example that I can think of just off the back for me would be somebody's accused of something and the mother says, nah, my son wouldn't do that. Wouldn't be my... Hello friends, Colin here the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Their Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Boy, and she just won't believe it, no matter. His hands are caught in the till, his fingerprints are on the baseball bat, and... Everything else, but nah, my boy wouldn't do that. That's that's kind of my take from that straight off, straight from the off. Yeah, it's just something that happens all the time, um, and it's mostly, as you said, Colin. It's about that. It's that kind of instinctive gut reaction. Is is a good way to describe it. It's that you know belief of I know this person's character this way. Um, and you hear something that they've supposedly done, and you're just it's, it seems so far away from what you know of them. That you, you know, argument from incredulity is a bit more uh, apt here, where you're just like, no, that that's just not possible. That can't be them. Um, and you'll hear this sort of thing all the time. I know you boys like your your uh, crime sort of um, and, and serial killer stuff that you do quite a bit. And how many times have you heard that? You know, couldn't believe that this person couldn't believe that person was capable of such and such. Um, you know, and it's just it takes a hell of a lot to change your mind on that, you know. Um, it takes serious evidence sometimes to change your mind on that. Um, it's Yeah, this is something that happens a lot, and I think anybody listening will kind of know that as well. They'll have, they'll have done it themselves. They'll, have know, they'll know people that have done it. Um, and it's, just, it's, it's worth just remembering when you do that, uh, that you're not thinking about it from a logical place. You're thinking about it from an emotional one. So that, that makes it kind of difficult to to get it you know sound but that is not to say that an extraordinary claim cannot be true obviously yes. like not even though yeah. yeah even though you might not you might not you might not believe it and that's where you go oh, fuck I, 
no chance. You're full of shit. But again, on the flip side of that, you can't give every fucking crackpot online like the time of day <laughs> with a crackpot idea. They need to there needs to be proof and these people that push these fringe ideas need <laughs> need to provide evidence other than uh, I watched a YouTube video, did you? Okay. <laughs> Fuck off. Like I, I do this one is kind of prevalent, I suppose, in the, the COVID society we live in. Um, speaking, it's been, been sort of speaking to. Oh, you just get a lot of ideas online, is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if somebody's argument starts with either I saw it on YouTube or I saw it on Facebook, right away the sort of hazard lights go up and you think, hold on, because no good usually comes from that. The, the other part, though, that can come from this is that it goes, this kind of can lead on to other fallacies, but. Um, you know what we're saying here is that it might be what they're saying might be true. Um, you know the person who's recently telling us that he travelled to travel back from the year 2045 and there's been a huge extinction event and there's pretty much no humans left on the planet. He might be right. We don't know. Very very doubtful. Extremely doubtful. In fact, no, he's not. Let's be honest, right? But um, you know, we can't prove it somehow. Then exactly. Yeah, but we can't just say he's not right because we are like, ah, we don't believe that. We can say, nah, you're talking nonsense because it's not possible to travel back in time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, that's that's what it is. It's more about just making sure that your reasons for dismissing something are sound or logical rather than it just being about, nah, nah, I don't believe that, you know? Mm-hmm. The next one is Morton Bailey fallacy, basically. So, Two positions with similar properties, but one is more modest than the other. So somebody might start with a controversial um, idea and then defend it with a less controversial idea to sort of back up their claim. So personally, might say, I don't understand why people believe in astrology. There's no scientific evidence to support it. Person B may then say, look, the moon has got enough power to pull the tides every day on earth. It's got but it's got no effect on people. Are you trying to say that humans are literal gods unaffected by nature? So again, you're taking a, an argument and then sort of blown it out of proportion to like a, what do you call it, like a, a duck and dive, a chop and change, you know. You're, you're trying to make somebody, I think, argue against something that you can't then argue against, even though that wasn't the first argument. Yeah, it's using, again, it's similar to some of the formal fallacies that you covered in earlier pods. Um, you're using using something, uh, a, a reasonable and, you know, true uh, statement. The moon controls or has a, an effect on the tide um, on the earth um, and, and, you know, kind of high tide, low tide, etc. Um now that's absolutely fine, and that's not that's easily defended, that's easily proven as such. Uh, but then the more controversial claim, the the Bailey of the the Martin Bailey fallacy, um, being that you know astrology must be true because that uses the position of the moon and other stars, etc., and the, the the position of the Earth to to judge what's going to happen. And there's only twelve types of people on the planet. Um, is my biggest wind up with astrology. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know that is to say that because this one is scientifically valid, the other one must be 
Um, that's it's, it's a you know that's the kind of fallacy there. Um, you'll see this sort of thing again quite a bit. That's a good one to use actually that, that example because that is something that a lot of people who would defend astrology would see. You know, and uh, they would talk about how you know humans are however much percentage water and this is what happens to the tides on the earth with the moon so how can it not be happening with humans um you know when there's absolutely no evidence to back that up are they trying to get you to make yourself look silly and then argue against it's it's almost as if you would be arguing against the moon does have gravitational yep. pull they're trying That's to exactly dip you into that make, yeah, make yeah. you look a dick yeah, they're trying to get you to argue against something that ultimately isn't linked to what they're arguing about anyway. But um, but yeah, you can you can then argue against that. So because you can't argue against that, you can't argue against the next part of it, which is nonsense. Uh, but this happens again. That's something that I'm willing well, to bet, as I say, anybody listening will be like, I've had that done to me before, you know. Um, and, and yeah, it's uh, it's easy to it's easy to identify when you can uh, when you're looking out for it. Where are we going next, Colin? Um, next, we're going to the fallacy of composition. Uh, the assumption that something true or part of a whole must also be true of the whole. And this relates to the fallacy of hasty generalisation. So a really good example of this is somebody standing up from their seat at a cricket match um, because they can see better when they stand up. Therefore, everyone else around them stands up because they can all see better. Um but they can only see better because the person in front of them stood up and has blocked their view. And it's had that sort of impact. The The fact that they're all standing up isn't because standing up isn't letting them see better. It's that impact of one person standing up, isn't it? Am I getting that right, Alex? Somewhat, yeah. I think the next example um, this year is probably a little clearer that way. If a runner runs faster, they can win the race. Therefore, if all runners run faster, they can all win the race. Obviously not. Only one person can. Um, but your example, yeah, you're kind of right there. It's about um, not everybody can necessarily see better because they stand up, but just because one person does it and can see better and they're all part of, you know, that's one part of a whole. You've got one person at the cricket match, stands up, they can see better because they're part of all the people who are attending. The assumption would be, oh, if everybody's on their feet, everybody will be able to see better. That's not strictly true. Um, so, so yeah, um, those examples are, are kind of good. And that's something that happens a lot. And again, we've, we've kind of spoken about it earlier in, in earlier fallacies as well. This one's very blatant when it comes to, you know, just labelling groups of people that you don't like as you know one thing or another this one becomes quite blatant and can be quite quite nastily used that way um because it doesn't it doesn't take much does it to i don't know if you guys would would agree with us but see when it comes to like groups for example drivers everybody who drives you are judged by the worst or the lowest of your lowest of your kind of group so some drivers are poor drivers some drivers cause accidents and that's why there are speed limits that's why there are various safety things in place maybe that you never need that you might be a good enough driver that you would never cause an accident in your life but that doesn't matter you are just one part of a whole group and that whole group is judged by the whole is judged by its weakest members you know 
and that's where this fallacy comes in. You know, all drivers must be, they have to be controlled because some of them have to be. Um, or, you know, all men have to be, I don't know, castrated because some should be castrated or, you know, because of whatever. You know, these are the sort of things that people get a bit wound up by um, and can make these mistakes when they make these arguments. Um, and you've seen that very recently. I kind of joked with that example there and I shouldn't really be doing that. But, you know, that's been very, very recent, hasn't it, with what's happened uh, was it Sarah Everard, wasn't it, her name was? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've seen quite a bit of arguing coming about, you know, oh, it's not all men, um, et cetera, et cetera, and trying to kind of justify some of the things that have been coming there and, and arguing for and against. And you see a lot of this fallacy coming in there um, where, you know, one woman has said something like, all men should be um, kept indoors after 6 p.m., Therefore, every argument that all women are making about this must be nonsense. Well, that's not true. That's just that one person's thing. So um, you see this a lot in these sort of things that happens. And, you know, anybody, as I say, people are listening will know. They'll have seen plenty of examples of this as well. Yeah, we'll wrap up with uh, fallacy of division. Uh, that's assuming that something true of a, a composite thing must also be true of some of its parts. So A is part of B. B has a proper AX. Therefore, a has property X, so if you were to go to school, you would say, look, there's tons of P2s at Mosspark Primary that eat tons of ice cream. Jack is in that class, therefore he eats lots of ice cream. Again, yeah, that- it's just, that seems pretty simple, that one, where you're, you're yeah, coming to a judgment based on a fallacy. <laughs> I suppose that's what we're getting at here, but yeah, that, that seems reasonably simple, that one. Colin, it does, yeah, Alex. Yeah, but that's it. Does yeah, like that's the the overall herd, so to speak, and you just become part of that herd, and therefore you are the herd rather than an individual person that might or might not like ice cream, isn't it? That's it. Uh, there are exceptions to this. So, so when a part of the whole is a property that, by definition, uh, causes the part to take on that property. So I've got a bit of a wacky example here. Hmm. Uh, my hundred and two year old neighbour. Um, as a card-carrying member of an organisation of thugs that require all of its members to kick the shit out of babies. Therefore, my neighbour is a thug. Makes sense, that one. Yeah. It does make sense. Well, it does. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, I, was going to try and, I, was, I was always going to try and defend them there, yeah. but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, um, if he has to be a card-carrying member, he has to be a member that's required to do that thing, then yeah. He is a thug. If you, of course, associate kicking babies with being a thug. Yeah. <laughs> Which we all do. <laughs> Maybe we'll just put that out there. But that'll wrap up part, that'll wrap up part three, guys, and we will uh, we'll be back with you in a couple of days. Really quick call to arms. If you liked it, please let others know. You can do that by leaving a review, leaving a comment, and telling your friends about the podcast. If you really like it, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash wrong term memory. Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com. <laughs>